Joining us now from the state capitol by phone is State Senator Rich Drayheim. Good morning, Senator. How are you today? I am good. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Did you have a good weekend? I did. We watched uh, a lot of hockey um, and basketball. Yeah. Now, I my guess is uh, you like the Gophers, but pro- you're probably more of a Mankato State Maverick guy. And you had, yeah, that's a yes, good weekend. Yes, I am. I, <laughs> yeah. So they they won, and so did the Gophers. So it'll the final four for hockey will be Denver. Michigan on one side and then the Gophers against Mankato on the other. So it'll, it should be an exciting final four. Yeah, it should be. I mean, and uh, those are four teams that are for real. I, there's no, uh, I guess, surprise or, uh, you know, Cinderella teams there. That, those are four real good teams. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, the Gophers are really peaking at the, at the end of the season. And I think the Mavericks peaked earlier. Uh, so we'll see if they can jazz it up and come back and 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 beat the Gophers. And then Michigan looks really tough. So you know I hate to say it, but I think it's probably going to be a Michigan against the Gophers. Um, but I'll cheer on my Mavericks. <laughs> All right, go Mavs! Uh, let's get into the legislative session this past week. One of the highlights. Uh, uh, I guess the, the paid family leave was actually brought up uh, in by one of the Republicans. Uh, tell us about that and the motivation for doing that. Well, Julia Coleman, uh, one of the newer senators, um, she represents, I, I call it Carver County, um, in, in that area. Um, had, you know, she just had twins. And she's pretty passionate about this. And, and there's there's a lot of moving pieces to paid family leave and the paid family leave that we've heard so much about over the last few years has been setting up a new government program. And Senator Coleman's plan is let's get the state out of the way for the free market to come in and offer an insurance program. And now, back when I was, you know, working for a larger corporation and not self-employed, we had insurance for short-term and long-term disability. And there was a lot of different things that you had to take into consideration when you were deciding what package to get and what package to offer for your employees. And, And I think the most common one, and I'm not plugging any one company, but it's Aflac back then. And and this is 25 years ago, probably Mm -hmm. 30 years ago for me. Anyway, um, we, we have some regulatory or regulatory barriers in Minnesota to offer kind of a paid family leave insurance package. So this would be a free market as the job market tightens up employers are going to have to get more creative on how to retain employees. And we feel let's let the employers that want to be able to offer something. And then our incentive for employers to offer their employees this would be a tax incentive to help offset the cost for them offering a family leave type of product. 
So this now there's regulatory, um, I guess, rules that are in effect that prevent somebody from doing that. I, uh, yeah. I, I guess missed a little bit of that in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I, I know it's probably shocking to you, but sometimes the government <laughs> gets in the way. <laughs> OK. <laughs> All right. Where's that at? Is that has it passed through the uh, Senate yet? Is it did it make it through the first uh, first uh, deadline? It's, just, it's yeah, it's working its way through, and um, you know I don't know if it'll happen at all, um, but there at least there's discussion. I, I'm a true believer that any topic should be discussed, and uh, um, you know let's have a bill and let's have a discussion, let's have some hearings on it, and uh, kind of flush things out. And, uh, you know, see what happens. All right. Uh, Once again, State Senator Rich Drayheim is uh, with us, and we're talking about uh, this last week in the legislative session. Uh, What are some of the other things, uh, highlights from last week, from either, you know, the Senate or also the House? I'm sure you're keeping an eye on what the House is doing uh, as well. Well, probably the the biggest thing, (laughs) the two biggest things to come out of the House last week was they opened up uh, a little bit their building where people could actually get into their building. Um, but you had to be escorted in and out. And even if you had a, a meeting with two people and next to each other, you had to leave in between the meeting and then come back. Um, so that's one thing. And then the other thing that came out of what we call the other body or the house um, was it came out with a public safety package. And, you know, it's first deadline week and you're coming out with a public safety package. Um, so, you know, it's kind of, kind of interesting, the timing of that. Um, but you know, there's, there's just a big difference between the house proposal and the Senate proposal. And, um, you know, we our, our, our proposal is more geared towards how can we get more law enforcement on the street for those communities that need it? Uh, what can we do to retain law enforcement in communities? And, and have them work instead of retiring because we have a whole bunch retiring um, or, or just leaving the industry. Um, and and theirs is geared, I would say, more towards um, community uh, engagement, which isn't a bad thing. Um, but if you talk to the people in Minneapolis, um, you know, they, they just want boots on the ground. They, they want officers in the in the police cars driving around and and, and protecting them. now what any idea where is there going to be a compromise made between those two sides they seem fairly far apart right now everybody believes that uh, the public safety needs to be improved but uh, how how to do it is is something else uh, is there going to be do you th- are you confident that there might be some type of public safety bill that passes through this session I'm not confident in anything passing this session <laughs> if we can't get that unemployment done, uh, that unemployment insurance that's costing us $50,000 a day. Um, you know, just keep an eye on that. That is something that all three, the House, the Senate, and the governor's office all said they wanted, um, and, and it still isn't done. Um, so just that's kind of my, kind of my um, center you know, is that bill that, you know, we passed here in the Senate that the governor's version and uh, we're waiting on the House. So if that doesn't get done, 
I mean, it's costing us 50000 a day, and that's just a lot of money. That's so, a lot of money, yeah. Yeah, so that doesn't get no, nothing will get done. All right. Uh, you uh, Let's talk about the the reinsurance uh, program. You're on a, a conference committee now that uh, is going to be discussing that? Well, I, I was asked to be on a conference committee. They'll, I think they'll formally announce the conference committee today. Um, but so for those that don't understand or don't don't pay that much attention, but we pass a bill out of the House, we pass a bill out of the Senate, and if they're different, or if they're different, then they go to a conference committee, and then we hash out the differences. Um, so it's you usually have maybe three senators and three house people or, or or five and five whatever it is depending on the bill and then you kind of duke it out and try to find some middle ground and, uh, and then come back to the bodies and and hopefully they'll agree to what you conferenced and, and what you agreed to all right we passed uh, starting to get to those deadlines just about every week what's this week's deadline this week is second deadline so on friday um any bill that hasn't been heard in both bodies is supposed to be dead. And there are some games that could be played and amendments to other bills and blah, blah, blah you can do. But mm-hmm. for the most part, that that is the rule. That if they're not heard in both bodies, it, it's it's a dead, dead bill. All right. Uh, any other highlights that you see coming up uh, this week that uh, you'll be monitoring? You know, my own bills... You know, I, I have a, a lot of bills that I'll be continue to fight for, uh, at least pieces of my bills to be put into um, the bigger bills. So every committee will be rolling out probably this week or next week, kind of their big bill for the year. Um, so that's when we push for at least some portion of our bills to be embedded in that. Um, so if the whole bill can't go, you know, can we, instead of hitting that home run and maybe we can get a base hit and, and, and get just a piece or a portion of our concept that is agreeable with everybody to move forward. So that's what I'll be doing. I'll be lobbying, um, all the, um, chairs of all the committees to try to get my, my stuff inserted into their bills. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, best of luck to you on doing that. Thank you for taking a few minutes and being with us. Certainly appreciated, and we will talk to you next week. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Rich. Rich Dreheim, state senator for District 20, joins us every uh, Monday at this time during the legislative session. We'll talk with uh, our state representative from District 25B, Todd Lippert, on Friday, Friday morning at 720. There you have it. Got Rich back in in just a moment or so with local headlines. Here's MNN. That's actually next. Don't miss the 64th annual GSTA Rod and Custom Spectacular, April 2nd and 3rd at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds Coliseum, presented by Brainerd International Raceway. Enjoy the area's finest hot rod street machines and the special Memories of Minnesota Dragways display featuring vintage drag cars. Tickets are $16 for adults, 5 for juniors ages 6 to 15, and kids under 5 are free. Free parking, too. Discount coupons available at gstarod-custom.com. 
Minnesota News Network. Good morning, I'm Brent Palm. State officials are waiting for the U.S. State Department's decision on how many Ukrainian refugees could come to Minnesota. Those people would initially be placed by resettlement organizations in St. Cloud, Rochester, and the Twin Cities. Rochelle King with the state's resettlement program's office says refugees then start looking for communities with job opportunities, affordable housing, and strong schools. Because of that, we see sort of a migration